oh, god damn, my dick is so engorged. And you're going to have to dig deep. Dig so fucking deep right now on a deep cut. Such deep cut. Oh, so deep. Deeper than the cut on my fucking shaft. That made it so fucking perfect. So perfect indeed. All right, Cool Point Nation. That's Bizzies from me. Next time, you can suck my Italian cock as I come down your fucking throat. Johnny, play the fucking Dave Johnny. Uh. Live from Cool Boys Central. Who's the boss down there? I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. We'll be ice cold. Here come the Cool Boys. Just a young boy. <gasps> so cool. So cool. So cool. I see Cool Boys. How many times have you seen uh, Infinity War now? I actually just watched it a day for this podcast. I want to see it again, like really, really badly. After having seen like Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther again for the nth time, like those movies grew on me so much. And seeing the IMAX versions, uh, the 3D versions, which you can get if you buy the UK Blu-ray, I absolutely fucking love when they go to IMAX every single time in Black Panther. It's awesome. It is. They pick. I mean, it's a movie. When I saw it, I was thinking to myself, "Yeah, I don't know when you would necessarily need to put this movie into IMAX." And it, they, they're like, "Here, here, here, and here." And you, like, you feel it because they, they play to it. Like, when you go into Wakanda through the mountain, it's one of those types where the bars just decide to go up. You know, they, they, they slide off the frame. I love that shit. Like, I loved Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol when, when Tom Cruise steps out of the uh, Burj Khalifa. Yes, and he just fucking like all of a sudden the widescreen bars just push up. They, they push slide up. Out. It doesn't just cut. Yeah, though uh, for that they push up, and they did the same thing with Black Panther when he goes into Wakanda. They did the same thing in South Korea when he does the backflip onto the back of the car. Sure, he's driving, and 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 they they just push up like that. They and they reveal like you know the IMAX, and it was such a cool way. They also do the waterfall sequences. Those are all IMAX, and they look That's really good IMAX. Um, one thing I definitely don't like. And I'm trying to think, it's not Ghostbusters 2016 is not the only example of a movie that does this. Obviously, I don't like when you remake an entire movie with women, but oh, I, I know what you're talking about. The, yeah, the, you're talking going about the over 3D. the black. Yeah, going. Where, where, is that the 3D version? Because yeah. the Plinkett review uses that version. I think that's the 3D version. I think we talked about this because I never saw that until I saw the the Plinkett review. You know what movie does that? That's Marvel. Yeah, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 both have sequences in which shit goes over the black bars. That's in 3D for Guardians, as far as yes. I know. Yeah. And I, I, I've i only watched it in 3D once. It, 3D doesn't really add anything to it. But yeah, it it, it happens quite a bit where it, it, uh, if that, I guess it makes sense for 3D because it's like it's coming at you. But it's also <sighs> distracting. I like it. I love I love when you when they do that. I love when they um. They play with the uh, frame sizes. The only time I don't like when you mess with the frame aspect ratio is if you do it lazily like Michael Bay did in The Last Night because that is really horrible. I think they pointed out in in, like the Screen Junkies Honest trailer as well, but like it is like three or four separate different aspect ratios and they're just because that's the way he shot it and he's just shooting – he's leaving it in native format. He's not cropping it at all and – and Samurai Jack, 
it is all about aspect ratio changing. I mean, it's vertical aspect ratios, it's square as aspect ratios, it's horizontal aspect ratios, and it's all variations of those. And but this the last night just is so lazy. It's just like whatever. I shot on a whole bunch of cameras. I don't give yeah. a fuck. No, I, I like when you play with a movie a little bit. Yeah. Um, I just watched uh, never done this before. I rewatched Kill Bill as one movie, uh, just just back to back because there's oh no my God. there's no as I understand it, no four hour cut of like where it, the whole bloody affair does not exist yet, except in stores it does exist apparently as an edit already it is done is complete the only issue that apparently if i'm understanding is correct that's the producer that, raped a bunch of people is that harvey weinstein and, and, and the weinstein company has the rights to quentin tarantino films but also miramax does and so nobody can settle on um who could release the whole bloody affair because you'd have to pay essentially money to release it but then also who gets you know the profit of releasing that. And is there a profit at this point in releasing that? I think there is if he does a volume three, which he always said he was going to do. And the little actress that was Vivica A. Fox's daughter in that movie is now and has been for a while now been age appropriate to be able to huh. play a character that could come out of, uh, you know, and, and take revenge on the bride. The kiddo. I should probably say greetings, cool boy nation at one point. Yeah, go ahead. Greetings, Cool Boy Nation, and welcome to a, another installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. Marvelous Marvel moments in movie movies. I'm Fantastic <laughs> Four Felt. I'm Blade Ballard. Uh, so cool. And not joining us this evening is Nolan, who died of AIDS. Cool story. He did. He got AIDS and then took uh, vitamins and cold pills. Some <laughs> yes. Tylenol, cold and flu, and it didn't work. I told him to take ibuprofen, but he didn't take that either. So speaking of AIDS, uh, yeah. So yeah, the 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 um. So yeah, I watched both of them back to back. The reason I was mentioning Kill Bill is because if we're still keeping all the stuff before that, yeah, we're keeping all of that stuff. Kill Bill uh, makes uh, does the plays with like the movie framing a lot because like it goes to. Four three at one point where she's been where the bride is getting buried in, in Kill Bill Volume Two. There's parts where she'll like kick uh, Daryl Hannah's character and like yeah, the, it splits the frame into like two shots. And, and there's like a lot of like you know the, a punch sends it into black and white. Even though I think that was to get away with MPA stuff because there's too much. Yeah, uh, the Japanese version, which the sequence, the uh, eight crazy eighty eight sequence, is a little longer and it's all in color. Interesting. Is that released in Japan? Yeah, I've like seen a, it. It's awesome. Yeah. Because I always knew that there was, like, talk of, like, making it into one movie. Although it doesn't really, like, work. So much of the structure is designed around the two-movie thing, which was Harvey Weinstein's uh, idea. Apparently, like, he uh, he he went back and he had uh, an animation done, another anime sequence done for the whole bloody affair that helps tie it in. And there is an edit in which... Uh, Bill isn't played anymore as a secret and it kind of if my understanding is correct what the rumor is, is that the edit is modified that you just know who kind of Bill is throughout and and two is a little bit more peppered in throughout one. Oh, because you never see him in the first one you just see hear him at the end in voiceover yeah and and david carradine didn't even know that was the case when he was shooting those sequences he thought he was shooting like you know face like shots and close-ups so when he saw the film he was like you cut me out of the movie he was all pissed off he didn't understand 
the idea of leaving Bill for the next movie and, and kind of shooting him off camera like Dr. Claw or whatever. It works. It totally works. It's His great. performance is fucking so good in that movie. One of the things I love about Kill Bill, uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2, is that Volume 1 is a straight-up samurai film, and Volume 2 is a straight-up kung fu film. And... They, there's it is it is like unembarrassingly so like I mean even the structure of the of the of the second volume is completely kung fu with like the training process and and having to learn to get there and, and the Love master being defeated and you know having and being killed by you know his own like you know uh, uh, pupil and then like the revenge plot like all of that is so kung fu yes and then the samurai one is also revenge based but it's all it has this like through line of someone just being like unstoppable and keeps coming like essentially walks down the path uh whatever the path being her plot and uh and you know as she goes down it she just keeps coming across somebody cut him down someone else cut him down somebody else cut him down 88 people cut him down and it's just like that samurai film while the kung fu film is like no like each time she interacts with another with a with one of the members of her uh, ninja assassin team yeah she has to uh like you know actually like use her brain and defeat them yeah, this is, and that's a, a completely different movie. It's a it's a it's almost a completely different hero. Yeah, she well she she fucks up a lot more in the second one, or not fucks up, but lo- like loses or almost loses. It's a, the second one's a harder time, and she suffers more as a result, and and yeah, and yeah. but overcomes it, and that, that that's good. It was really weird watching too, especially because it's like I, I there was a time when you could just enjoy like most of those movies movies fights. The first, like the opening of the first one, and then everything in the middle of the second one is is a woman fighting a woman. Yet, you know, back then, you just took that as like action. It, it didn't have there wasn't like a message to it. And uh, and, and this I can tie it to this, tonight's episode by saying something that I was disappointed. It hasn't happened twice in the MCU. I like when a female character is fighting another female character, and she calls her a bitch. I think that that's a really, it happens in Aliens. Get away from her, you bitch. Okay, yep. It happens in Kill Bill Volume 2. Bitch, you don't have a future. Uh, which is the, the culmination of the whole stuff with um, my pay or whatever his name was. Uh, the the master who she finds out, you know, Ellie Driver, uh, Daryl Hannah tells her like how she killed her. Like I killed your master. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I killed your master, and now I'm gonna kill you too with your own sword, no less. Which in the very immediate future will become my sword. Uh, comeback is bitch you don't have a future and I was just like there's twice uh, in Civil War where um, Scarlet Witch slams Black Widow into uh, some kind of airport stuff you were pulling she, your punches yeah she, she goes ah I was like she says going, ah bitch uh, uh, and, and someone should have called uh, Proxima Midnight a bitch one oh the, yeah, one of, the, one of the hero girls, but they don't do that, and I don't really know why, because both those felt very natural to me. 
Uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe I, Mar- Marvel doesn't want to push it too much with language, but may, I mean, maybe people say like, shit a lot in, in in those movies. They just go shit, shit. Yeah, shit's the only thing they're allowed to really say, right? I mean, they've never in an MCU film, MCU only. Yeah. Not the X Men stuff. They have never once dropped fuck, and they can. It's a PG thirteen film. They can get away with a fuck. They can get away with a fuck. The only. PG-13 Marvel character who said fuck has been Wolverine both times, correct? Oh, no, wait. I guess uh, Charles Xavier says it in in first class quoting him. Yes, and Deadpool, they've said a bunch of characters have said fuck. Well, I just know the PG-13s. Yeah, the the R-rated ones, people say fuck all the time. They started saying fuck in first class. What's the best use of the word fuck in an R-rated Marvel movie? I don't know. Easy for me. From Blade... Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Skate uphill. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Yeah, and that's improv. Yes, it is. From, that's from, it. <laughs> well, no, it's not improv. He, the, I think the story was that he said it in uh, just just talking, like as Wesley Snipes in a movie. Well, that's it. how all improv is on cinema. Like, I mean, people said that Drax saying, you know, why is Gamora and Infinity War was all improv. But if you watch the movie Infinity War, it's a pan from someone saying, who is Gamora? And then someone saying, and then Tony going, what is Gamora? And then panning down to Drax saying, why is Gamora? Yeah. It's like, obviously, that if that's improv, that was improv that came up during some lighting tests or rehearsal. Yeah. And then they like, they plan the, the, the shot to at least pan down to Drax. But the, I imagine the same thing happened there too. No, the Blade thing is funny because it was in a production meeting and David Ayer's like, yes, that's awesome. I'm going to put that in the movie. And, and Snipes allegedly said, no, don't, that's stupid. And it stayed in the script. David Ayer was the writer of Blade? Uh, not David Ayer, uh, David S. Goyer. David S. Goyer. Okay, I was going to say. Um, Ad- okay, another well, fucking weirdo tattooed fuck who's been in every comic movie i kind of want to just talk about kill bill now because like you just mentioned earlier like that whole kung fu shit and i was thinking like even the plucking of uh l driver's eye is like a a move she has to spend the whole time learning when she's you know practicing kung fu yeah even breaking out of the coffin under when she's buried alive is is something that she had to learn while doing kung fu and then yeah like all of that like yes it's so good, and then she like has to learn the the actual like the the death strike hand move or what what is it called? Uh, God, I can't remember. I just watched it. Plan A taught you the five point palm exploding heart technique. <laughs> of course, he did. All the music during that uh, sequence is from the RZA too, from from fucking Wu Tang Clan. Apparently, I the love RZA. Absolutely, uh, it's it's it, oh, Bobby it's, Digital. It's, it's so fucking good. And I love that the RZA thought that he could then direct a kung fu movie with Russell Crowe, and it was terrible, and no one the saw it. The man with the iron fist. That, yeah, okay, that's what it's called. I could not remember it. I'm impressed you did. Uh, well, speaking of iron fist, let's get into some Marvel. Before well, we get into on. some Marvel, what are you drinking? Well, before that, I just want to say, why do you think I watched Kill Bill? Because of Drill Bill. Because of fucking Drill Bill. Drill Bill yes. had me thinking of it all week, and I saw it was on Netflix. I'm like, I'm re-watching these movies. Drill hey. Bill Volume 1. And Nolan's use of uh, The Lonely Shepherd. The, yeah, The Lonely Shepherd, yes. The song that ends the first one. Yep. Just made me remember how much good music is in those movies. Oh, yeah. I am. I I have that song because of that movie. Oh yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it gotten a lot of play before then. Is the is the uh, that main like? Da, na, na, na. 
Dun, 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 dun. That Enio Morricone. That's that's original music for the movie. I don't know. I didn't know. Uh, no, I don't think. I don't think. I think he took a lot of themes from like old school. I don't know the movies. I'm yeah. not like that versed in kung fu and, and samurai films. But Me my understanding is that he did go and like he he sampled at least from like other scores or or actually used other scores. From like Sonny Chiba films or something like that. Like, oh, but I, he okay. did have his own like composer. And was it Ennio? Yeah, Ennio Morricone. It was him. Yeah, he scored Kill Bill. Uh, he is credited for it, but if they just used tracks he had already recorded, then not yeah, really. that might make sense because they may have pulled tracks from like um, you know Once Upon a Time in the West and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, Maker's Mark in honor of Nolan. Aw. Who we lost nice. recently to HIV. No, no, no. Full-blown AIDS. I agree. <laughs> what are you drinking? I am drinking a bottle tonight of rosé. Rosé wine. Rosé all day. I always thought it was pronounced rose one. You're so stupid, Rose. You're so <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> Do you have to say you're so fucking stupid? That's in the R-rated version of Titanic. <gasps> well, guy, 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 guy. Uh-oh. I should just say Felk. Felk, 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 Felk. <laughs> guy. <laughs> I just have one quick question before our boners get marvelous. Oh, there we go. Would you rather... Buck, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and any other MCU babe of your choosing all night long until everyone comes to completion, no less than eight times. But once you are finished, Black Widow will kill you by shoving a white hot rod up your asshole and through your mouth. Or get pegged by Iron Man 2 Black Widow until she comes exactly 26 times while the Avengers masturbate in the corner. But Black Widow lets you live when all is said and done. This is a really, it's like what, four, four like how many years is that the difference? Iron Man 2 is 2010. 2010. So it's, it's just, it's just a, a five year older or younger Scarlett Johansson with a slightly different haircut. Practically, it's really just the haircut. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pick the one in which I do not get killed. <laughs> Are you sure? Because the Winter Soldier Black Widow is like really hot. I mean, not so much hotter than she looked in Iron Man 2. I actually think she looks better in Iron Man 2. I, I oh, well, I don't I just I don't I do not like all that curly hair going crazy. I don't mind the hair. That's, uh, no, that's the, uh, when they first cast her, I was like, oh, give me Emily Blunt. Ugh, this is horrible. But I came around by the time even she had the worst haircut in the Avengers, in my opinion, even her haircuts better in Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, I, I her the worst haircuts uh, in Infinity War. She where she just like has her natural fucking I'm blonde now. I'm tired of the die. <laughs> OK, but I I don't like I don't like the Avengers haircut. It's just a weird one. And and her acting and Joss. Whedon's portrayal of Black Widow actually made me like love the character. It was the Avengers when I came out of the Avengers. I was like, "Oh, I am all about Black Widow now." Yeah, and then and then and then in the second one, he he wrote that she was uh, sterilized by the Russians, and then she refers to herself as a monster, and all the women got mad at Joss Whedon, and he quit. She's also a monster because she's killed a lot of people. That's how I took it. Yeah, but that's not how Joss Whedon. 
you can't satisfy radical feminists. He Stop tries. Trying. He tries too hard. He tries too hard. Now he has no fucking friends. I think he trolled them, actually, when he did Justice League, Felk, because if you think about it, Justice League, Joss Sweden put in so many shots that were upskirts of Gal Gadot and butt shots, low angle butt shots of Gal Gadot. We don't know how much of that was him and how much. Oh, that. no, it was apparently so bad. Uh, uh, Patty Jenkins, apparently, this is like a major rumor that was released. Patty Jenkins said that he is no longer allowed to be anywhere near wonder woman's character at all he cannot direct wonder woman anymore he cannot write for wonder woman anymore he's not allowed anywhere near her creation well i i've I only read like some synopsises of it but like apparently his wonder woman script would have been very sexist in, in modern that's times. what everyone says and yeah. he and he sees himself as like the overt feminist director and like i i fall i i i think i used to follow on twitter and like every time he tries to make a pro-women statement on twitter uh feminists just attack the fuck out of him it's like oh you mean like when you fired a woman because she was pregnant on your tv show uh or or when you cheated on your wife <laughs> it's like eh, you, you kind of didn't really pick your side there given your own uh actual backstory <laughs> uh poor joss sweden avengers was cool for the time, but I, if we, when we rank every single uh, Marvel movie, which I guess we're doing this episode. No, um, <laughs> that's not this episode. Avengers will be relatively low on my list because it, it hasn't held up well. The dialogue now feels very Joss Whedon-y. Oh, see, for me, I, the Avengers, absolutely. I've, I've watched it again recently, like right before In- Infinity War. Um, it still holds up. I, the, I mean, the film looks like I'm watching a TV movie. Yeah, like I'm watching the season finale of like a giant television show. And like this is like the big budget TV episode. It definitely looks like that. But I still like it. I It's very weedy, but it doesn't feel like it's uh, overtly so to the point where it detracts from the film. Age of Ultron, I will 100% agree with you. It is now too weedy. Like mm-hmm. you do watch it and you're like, oh my God, it's a little fucking heavy handed. There's some great sequences in that film. In general, the film is not horrible at all. It's 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 fine. I I like it a lot, but it is it does it does not hold up at all. Like it is it is a, it that and I think uh, Iron Man two like really don't hold up at all. Even especially uh, we talked about using the word shit. If you kept that in the episode, now you kind of have to. Shit. Uh, we talked about using the word shit a lot in, in, in Avengers. It's like the first thing Iron Man says in in, in two, and that there's that uh, or uh, Ultron, and it's like. What's the, what's the exchange? Then Cap goes, language. Shit. Language. And then they make fun yep. of him. Like, that was a fun interaction. Wait a second. No one else is going to deal with the fact that Cap just said language? I know. Just slipped out. And then they mentioned it like three or four fucking times more. And it's like. Yeah, at the, in the after party, like uh, Kobe Smolders, um, um, Rhea yeah. Hill's all like, Cap, he said a bad word. He said a bad language word. Oh, bad language uh, word, yeah. You bet your ass. Steve, he said a bad language word. Do you tell everyone about it? Joss is too pleased with some of his jokes a little bit. And that kind of infected uh, James Gunn with um, Guardians Volume 2 because. Volume two is there's way too much people laughing at the the jokes. It's like there's they're trying to make it seem like it's really funny, but people laugh too much. For me, volume two, I like volume two a lot. Guardians volume two. But for me, uh, volume two, uh, it feels a little bit like 
it should have been played a little bit more serious and that some of the jokiness, especially with Drax's character, he like just practically laughs throughout that whole film. I felt like yeah. Infinity War, they kind of got Drax right again. Like they kind of he never laughs again. Enough. He doesn't laugh in the whole movie. And he's he's hilarious. Like he's fucking hilarious in that movie. But him spending the whole movie like laughing, like he pokes at bubbles and he laughs, and he like constantly laughs around Mantis, and he laughs when Mantis gets bit by Rocket, and it's just like all these laughs, and like it, it gets to a point where he laughs like coming out of like the monster in the beginning. Like it's just like you're just like oh my god, he just won't stop laughing. What is going on here? But yeah, so fuck you want to get pegged by Iron Man two Black Widow until well, I don't she comes exactly twenty six times. I'd rather fuck her and all the other MCU hotties. Which aren't really that great. Isn't that fucking great a selection, honestly? Are you kidding me? Fuck. What are you? Oh, Haley Atwell, Elizabeth Olsen. Say so you got you Zoe got one, you got, you got one name in before I, before you lost me. Zoe, yeah, okay, she's pretty hot, especially green. That'd be fun. But uh, oh yeah, Karen Gillian. I just don't find Elizabeth Olsen that attractive. Ugh. She, she looks like she does stuff. Kate Mara. That's not MCU. Yeah, she is. She's in Iron Man too. She has to hand Tony the papers. He's like getting handed papers. Uh, that doesn't. That barely counts. Oh, That's Jamie extra. Alexander. Jamie Alexander's good, and yeah. Kat, and Cat Dennings is also a, a favorite of mine. Well, I guess I would just get pegged too. I wouldn't want to, but yeah, I guess you're right. I don't want to die. You didn't. You took the fun out of the other one because I. It would been fun to like you know, live life on the edge real hard and fast for a moment. You know, making sure everyone comes no less than eight times. Honestly, you had a solid would you rather, and then you ruined it in the end by saying for each one, and you die, and then the other one, but she, but you live. And it's like, yep. well, that kind of overshadows everything that comes before it. So what would you do if you, if uh, your life was not on the line? If, if my life was not on the line, and my option is to fuck Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and all the other, any other MCU babe of my choosing, or get pegged by Iron Man 2 Black Widow until she comes exactly 26 times while the Avengers Master in the corner, I would pick the first one. All right, so you're going to die, I guess. No, I'm saying if you take the, the <laughs> second part out of it. Well, I think there's some people out there that would be like, you know, getting to do that would, and then getting a, a white hot rod shoved up your ass. By the way, that comes out your mouth. That feels out of character for Black Widow. I always assumed she, as an assassin, she was like poisoning people or like, bam, bam, two shots back of the head and you're gone. You never see it coming. But, but like shoving a white hot rod up your asshole through your mouth, that's like torture to death, which isn't something mm. that uh, Russian spies typically do. Oh, by the way, is she a Russian spy or is she an American spy pretending to be a Russian spy or is she a Russian spy? She was a secret She was agent. Russian and then she and then she uh ended defected. up, you know, defecting to Shield, which is not necessarily an American institution even though it kind of is an American institution in the first few films. Yeah, and then who knows what it is after that. It, it exists as a little splinter group that's also not mentioned by the main movies. Ever, ever, ever again. Well, we're going to nope. talk only about Marvel Cinematic Universe tonight, so why don't we just move on? Cool Boy Nation! If there is a would you rather you would like us to discuss on a future podcast, please email us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. So basically, Justin. <laughs> uh, is Dorrance in this one? Nope. Okay, so it's only one person who's responded to that. Well, cool boys, I don't think you can get a more topical would-you-rather than that. Time to move on to our cool boys 
marvelous moment moments in movie movies. Ready? Let's go. It's time for boners. Spoiler. The setup is marvelously this. Ooh. Each episode, all two present cool boys. Nobody knows exactly how many cool boys there are, but three is the most popular number. The number goes up and down. It fluctuates. Ha- have entered different fabulous, marvelous Marvel moments from Marvel movies into Ooh. our cool boy boner Marvel hats. We will then mm-hmm. draw a total of five Marvel moments. This episode at random and then talk about all the fabulous Marvels they gave us. Ooh. Now, these marvelous boners could have sprouted because of a specific heroic shot. Maybe it was a one-liner from Tony Stark. He's got a lot of them. Shit! Perhaps it was a musical cue. But probably yeah. not, because Marvel's not really known for good music. Maybe yeah, well, the, the Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther were. Yeah, last two years of their fucking ten... God, it's only been ten years. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was just a glorious male ass shot walking away from the camera that made your dick marvel. <laughs> the ass has to be straight you Jackman ass. Or it's gay Hulk ass. No gay ass Hulk! <laughs> Wait, <laughs> or it's Marvel ass. <laughs> only gay X-Men ass here. Oh! Now, no one has seen each other's marvels, so it'll be a nice little surprise even for us every time a new boner moment is drawn. One last thing to mention before we start popping some fucking Marvel boners. Each Ooh. boner moment drawn will have a discussion limit of 10 minutes, but not really because Nolan's not here to time us this episode. <laughs> Just to make sure we don't get too hulked out. Ooh. And most importantly, no marvelous pre-cum allowed. Okay, Aww. cool boys, let's grip our rods. And the first boner from the boner hat is... <gasps> what is the most... Well, this boner comes to us from Ballard. Who is, or what is, the most fabulous superhero from the MCU? And that stands for Marvel Cunt oh. Unicorn. This confirmed. Well, this is a big question, really, right? I mean, it's hard to, like, really have one particular most fabulous superhero. So, I mean, I think we just kind of have to go through. It's obviously Iron Fist. It's Iron Fist. All right, move on to the next one. He's so fucking charismatic. No, yeah, he is. He's really good. He's fun to watch. He's he's. Great comedic timing, wonderful martial arts skills that, you know, it's clear off, the actor obviously. took a full week of training to learn oh. how to do Kung Fu for at least, you know, he had, what was it? 40 minutes before some scenes to, <laughs> to, to, to practice. And it yeah, not he, he, he nailed it. He was fucking, he was killing it. All right, what, Danny what is, Rand. Yeah. From the Rand Corporation, which is a real corporation. I know it's mentioned in the Simpsons. I don't care. Who, what, what is your what is your pick for most fabulous super boner from the MC boner universe? Well, right now, currently, as we're recording this, which yeah. is just you know a few months after Infinity War came out, I really want to spend a lot of time with Thor. Okay, and that's, that's kind of crazy because he had like what's like kind of you know universally the two earliest weakest films. 
Uh, I think Iron Man 2 was actually the weakest. Yeah, uh, but Thor and Thor The Dark World are not really looked at by like a lot of people. Like, no, I agree. I agree. And and even in the Avengers movies, Thor is kind of boring. Um, he's yeah, usually, it isn't until Infinity War and Ragnarok. But like, I really like what Thor's selling. And I kind of wanted, like, I like Black Panther a lot, too, honestly. Like, I like that character. Yeah, T'Challa. T'Challa. I it would not be on, on my list. Um, I like, honestly, Iron Man. I've always had fun with Iron Man. Not because he's black, though. Just because I think the there's not, like conflict to that character he's like pretty much perfect at everything yeah i like that that's like superman like i like that about a lot of those kind of characters i mean i like like characters that are like almost like too perfect like captain marvel and then you just like all right well let's see what kind of creative ways you can tear this character down exactly like well well, i mean that's 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 a little bit of the 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 call it social justice i believe because you're not going to find a character who's male and white who's perfect let's face facts you, you, Tony's you, pretty perfect. Tony's an alcoholic and, and super not arrogant. in the MCU. Uh, I mean, well, Iron Man Two is the closest they've ever come to dealing with it. Where they, yeah, they the implying, demon in the bottle. Where yeah. they're implying he was getting drunk too much. Yeah, and it was this his, his uh, blood toxicity level was going up because of the uh, whatever it was, the uh, uranium or whatever in his chest. But he's not. He is not perfect. He's arrogant. The arc reactor was the bad, or something. Entire second uh, Avengers movie is because he does something he shouldn't be doing because he's arrogant and fucks up and creates Ultron. So no, he's not perfect, and he's got like a lot of issues, and he's had, like Pepper's constantly calling him on his shit. So like, no, he's he's a pretty flawed character, and he is like a spoiled brat, like, and he kind of realizes it, but like that that is a big part of it, like that he he's he doesn't really know. Like he, he's rich off shit. He didn't even know how he was actually making the money. And it was selling arms to semi-fictional Afghanistan terrorists. He must have had some inclination that, you know, like terrorists are getting a hold of his weapons. Um, I think I think we've left off a big a big player here that we haven't mentioned at all. And and he, he has his own film franchise. And his name, of course, is Ant-Man. And <laughs> Ant-Man is also no fuck that I I honestly I don't I I didn't like the casting of Paul Rudd very much when I heard it and uh and then when you see Ant-Man you're kind of like all right I like Paul Rudd I just don't know if I like him in movies good morning Paul what will your first sequence of the day be computer load up celery man please yes Paul I like Paul Rudd in sketches. I like Paul Rudd in, as, as a supporting player in in a, another story. Like well, I don't no, know if I like I, Paul Rudd films other than they came together. I think Clueless is one of the best movies of all time, and I think he's great in it. Um, See, he's supporting in that. He's supporting in that. But but they came together. He's a main character, and they came together. I haven't I haven't seen that. Uh, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I find that kind of humor a little too broad or a little too. Uh, I don't know. It's esoteric to my, for my liking. I go a little bit more grouting. I'm not a huge fan of Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I love it. It's too weird. Love it. Yeah. Well, who we failed to mention so far is truly Steve Rogers. Cap- okay, Captain America. Captain America. Can't look at him the same way after after Chris Evans' little little bitches bitch fests on on Twitter and stuff. He's, See, I'm not on Twitter, so I have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, just the person, like. He's 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 very holier than thou, and that kind of you know ties into the uh, 
Boy Scout shit from, you know, the character, but he, you know, the real Captain America wouldn't be making as many uh, overt Tweets. statements that 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 demonize half the country post 2016. And it's just like, dude, that's half your audience, man. That's that's just we're watching this movie because your performance is cap is good. But I mean, the real Captain America, if the, the real Chris Evans wouldn't have fucking uh, made it past a uh, boot camp. He wouldn't he wouldn't throw himself on any fucking grenade. See, I don't I don't have, I guess, that insight. So for me, I really love Cap and I I really like what Chris Evans has done with the character. I think he's the best part of the first Avenger, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, I don't really like that movie much because they take the, you know, the entire second act and condense it down into a montage that's just like the, a, a god-awful, fucking horrible montage. And the third act is solid. The prologue and the epilogues are completely useless, and I feel like those could have been pushed into the Avengers film. But the first act is a great, like, like story, origin story. And to see, like, Steve Rogers as this tiny little kid, like this little guy, and then he becomes this big muscular man and then goes on, you know, these adventures and, and then you've kind of don't really care too much about the character and you don't really feel for him when he loses Bucky and you don't really, you know, you feel a little bit for him, at least in phase one, he was the only love story I really cared about when he asks, you know, say goodbye to Peggy, but he becomes incredible in the winter soldier. He never even kisses her. Does he make he kisses her, her goodbye? Yeah. And then, and then Tommy Lee Jones's characters are like, I'm not kissing you. And then he has to hop on the plane. So can we stay, can we stay something? A, a big reason why Cap is not going to be on on my fucking list. I, I, I liked the Captain America movies. I like the way he's used in the cinema at cinematic universe as a whole. That he is like the Boy Scout. He's the I'm Mr. Good. I'll yeah. do what's right. I don't like bullies. But you also don't fuck, do you, Cap? Because unless I'm mistaken, he's probably still a motherfucking virgin. I thought they implied in Age of Ultron that he was not a virgin anymore. When? What line? When he's all like, "I've seen, I've seen that flirt." That's just referring close. to her flirting, her flirting with him in, in Winter Soldier. But she does. I thought bit. he meant like up close, like up close, like naked bodies rubbing on each other and uh, sweaty sweat sex and shit. I've had a girl with a pierced tongue eat my ass, and it was amazing. And Cap in the Winter Soldier <laughs> is talking about dating a girl. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's the one with the pierced tongue. And he just goes, I'm not ready for that. And I'm like, Cap, I'm better than you. I'm more of a man than you are, you <laughs> fucking little pussy. He's scared Hello. of a girl with a pierced goddamn tongue. I don't know if he's... I. I, I he's guess, not ready maybe. for it. I guess that's what he means. Or maybe he's just not into piercings. In Why? general. They're fucking... There's... The only reason, I mean, yeah, you can say, oh, it's aesthetic. It makes me look cool. But like piercings make blowjobs so much better. Pierced tongues to quote. I think Chris Rock was the, the guy who said, like, if a girl has a pierced tongue, she'll probably suck your dick. If a girl has a pierced tongue, she'll probably suck your dick. Be great. If a guy has a pierced tongue, he'll probably suck your dick. Yeah, no, no sex in the champagne room. Cornbread. 
Ain't nothing wrong with that. No matter what you think of what I'm saying, remember this one thing. There is no sex in the champagne room. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was, that was like, oh, that was like 1999. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's scared of that. The whole, like, that's the opening bit too, where he's like talking to Scar- Scarlett's trying to, like, I went to college. Girl. What? I went to college. What do you mean? <laughs> I know what it's like. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, was, I thought you were just randomly just like uh, asserting your fucking bona fides there, <laughs> or bona fides. Um, but yeah, no, the the opening line is about like her trying to set him up with a fucking girl, and, and he and he's like, no, I prefer my virginity, and. and I, I don't know what he does. He probably reads at night. Fucking, he's, he's fucking Sharon Carter. I always thought he was going to be fucking Sharon Carter. No, that's the first time. kiss they have is in fucking Winter Soldier or Civil War, and he never sees her again because she probably got vaporized by Thanos. She's CIA now, right? So she maybe he visited her in Wakanda. He's a fugitive. They fucked somewhere. No, they, did, they never fucked. And also, that's the fucking granddaughter of his last girlfriend. That's creepy. That's a little fucking weird. Or no. niece. Is she a niece? Was it grandma or was it my aunt? Uh, she says Aunt Peggy. I think, yeah, it was Aunt Peggy, yeah. Well, she's pretty old, I guess. Um, God, oof. I love it. Uh, Peggy is so hot. If I have to pick one superhero, I'm just picking I'm picking um, uh, former heroin addict uh Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of of Tony Stark because he is the closest thing to like what I would want to be, which is he's uh, amazing. Pretty much exactly Batman. Only your parents died when you were twenty instead of ten, and you didn't know they were oh. murdered until like another twenty years later. So, so not exactly like Batman, but similar to Batman. And and I I wish they had pushed the alcoholism into Iron Man a little bit more, um, or or into I guess they tried to do it in two. Um, it should have been more of an arc that he copes with the demons. PTSD is a major like part of his character in Iron Man three, and I, I don't. Oh, yeah. It's never really Huge. mentioned again. Yeah, it is. It's the whole point of Ultron. It's clearly mentioned in Age of Ultron, the beginning of it. He's still suffering from it. It's not as out in the open. Yeah, I guess you're right. But it's absolutely. I mean, that is the purpose of the character. But of all the Marvel characters, that's the one. It, they put I mean, the- he has PTSD in Civil War. When he deals with the lady at the elevator and he like reaches oh, yeah, for her yeah, hand yeah, when yeah, she's yeah, pulling a picture out of her purse, he can't help it. He thinks she's pulling a gun. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. He's flawed. You know All- what? And, and, and Felk, I'll even go one further with you about I like about uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, and I might have to agree with you in the end. Um, he's written by uh, his friend Justin Thoreau. He's been written by uh, John Favreau uh, on the set of Iron Man. Justin Thoreau was Iron Man 2. He's been written by Joss Whedon in The Avengers and uh, <clears throat> Age of Ultron. He was written by Shane Black in yeah. Iron Man 3. He was written by the uh, uh, Stephen McFeely and Christopher Marcus and essentially the Russo brothers for Civil War. Mm-hmm. He was written by those exact same pair once again and the other pair, the brothers, yeah. um, for Infinity War. And every single time, everybody's able to find his voice yes. so easily. But we don't know and what like, the page said. I mean, it, that might be Robert making his own like changes. So because- it must be to some extent because he has tied that character across how many different writers and over however many different directors. Like It is incredible that every time you see him, 
he is. Oh, and I yeah. forgot Spider-Man Homecoming. I forgot about that. So yeah, he's that just, may have just been across improv. the board is always, always on point. He is absolutely Tony Stark. And I would, I would, in Infinity War, and I, obviously spoilers, and there should have been spoilers <clears throat> uh, this whole time. In an Infinity War, I honestly thought Robert was going, he was dying. That I, Tony was dying yeah. when Thanos stabbed him. And I expect that, and I expect Cap to be killed. I even have a, a slight potential feeling that even Thor is going to die potentially in the next Avengers film. But yeah, I, I retro, truly, in retrospect, I should have seen it coming, but I believe he was going to die too. It, I they, thought they he was going to die. They telegraph it so fucking hard. This is it. This is the moment you die, Tony. It's like Thanos yeah. saying that. It's like it's telegraphed so fucking hard. And I think it what threw me off was The Force Awakens because that movie also telegraphs so hard. Like Radford says, uh, Harrison goes like, Ben, or whatever, you know. And he, he doesn't go like that. He yells, Ben, Ben! And then he comes, goes out on the fucking... Uh, the balcony from de- of clearly he's going to die and fall off and it's like it's telegraphed so fucking hard but it was like this is the death you mean of you mean it's, it's telegraphed by the the red light and all of a sudden the sunlight goes completely away and it's just black and red light everywhere dramatic scene happening now so i kind of thought like maybe this is just the way that they they, they handle big character deaths because we really haven't seen one uh, uh, Iron Man would be the first time it's been like, oh shit, they killed the character, they killed him. Um, unless you count Thor's mother. I mean, like the previous. Yeah, or, or, or Odin, I guess. The previous movies. Well, Odin or Loki. You, you you saw Loki earlier in that film, Infinity War, die, right? So that's a big character death. Yeah, but that's he- Loki. I mean, Loki's point was kind of over. It was basically just comic relief in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, Neil Loki was. anymore. I no, thought they it, were going to vindicate Loki more. By the way, oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, coming out of Thor: The Dark World, I mean, he was practically the antihero of that film. Yeah, I thought. I thought there was going to be some line between. Like, all it would take was like one little line between him and Thanos right before he died in, in the opening scene, where he's just like, you know, like I, I only agreed to invade Earth because that would have spared all of Asgard or Earth and Asgard from your plans to kill half of people or something. There was, I thought there was going to be some like thing that said like, Oh, he was only doing that because he's secretly been the good guy this whole time, but it really doesn't. He just says, Hey, we got Hulk and the Hulk beat punch you now. And he tries to stab Thanos in the neck, but it really never, there's really never like some mm-hmm. reveal. Like he was good the whole time. No. And I almost wonder if he's even, they're going to double down on him being bad again. Cause if like we pointed out in, I think the infinity war episode, or maybe it was the Deadpool episode. Um, there was these um, uh, uh, watches on the guys in the set photos of the Avengers showing them kind of look like it was traveling through time. And I was thinking to myself, yeah. like, you know, I think I even mentioned this in, in, in the Infinity War episode that I think they're going to be jumping through <clears throat> quantum realms and things like that. Something to do with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. And I was almost wondering, what if they get into a, a quantum realm and they're talking to, you know, mere versions of themselves, but they're in the New York sequence. And what if Loki somehow is there and here's over here's like this like you know talk from the future quote unquote of like how thanos destroyed earth and how he killed loki and killed all these other people and all these people died and he kind of like somehow interjects himself into the timeline so you have this loki from 2012 interjecting himself into 2018 
or whatever, however, whenever Avengers four takes place, and then he becomes like he comes <laughs> back into the story again, like and, and like, but he's evil because that's a bad Loki in twenty twelve. That's not a good Loki like we got by twenty fourteen. Yeah, that's I guess, I guess they're just going with the idea that he got he got good somewhere around Dark World. Yeah, well, I think he, I think he, I think you're supposed to believe he got better. During the the course of the movie, dark the dark world, but he's even bad enough in Ragnarok that he he fucks over Thor to the point where Thor, like he leaves Thor to die on on uh, the planet as uh, a car. I know I've betrayed you many times before, but this time it's truly nothing personal. The reward for your capture will set me up nicely. Everyone for sentiment, were you? Easier to let it burn. I agree. painful dear brother becoming predictable i trust you you betray me round and round in circles we go see loki life is about it's about growth it's about change but you seem to just want to stay the same i guess what i'm trying to say is that you'll always be the god of mischief but you could be more just put this over here for you Anyway, uh, all got places to be, so uh, good luck, I guess. And Thor actually leaves Loki behind. But at the end, he comes back to Asgard to save all that's the because Asgardians. I think that's because Thor um, did that, because Thor called him out. Like, dude, I knew you were going to fucking betray me because you're a piece of shit, and you're always a piece of shit, and you'll always be a piece of shit, and that's just our games together. Kind of like Batman and the Joker, except just not as intense as that. And... And yeah. and I think that's like what like Loki needed. He almost needed that really tough love moment where Thor was like, "Look, dude, I love you, but I realize you and I are never gonna work out. Peace out." And I'm leaving you here in Sakar. And Loki was like, "Fuck, he actually fucked me." Yeah, because as far as Thor knows, he's gonna get killed by the Grandmaster. Right. Yeah. Or or you know, he's over. Thanos it. gets him at some point too because I'm not sure if that's something that was Thor was aware of though in the Avengers. I guess there maybe wasn't. Yeah, he has like, I, I, yeah, because he. Thanos's uh, little minion. I don't remember the fucking character's name. The guy who just talks. Oh, in, Ebony in Ma. I no, love him. No, in oh. Avengers. In Avengers. Oh, 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 the other. Is his name the other? Yeah, the other. Yeah. The guy, he's like, you know, like if you fail us, de- death will make you wish for something. Yeah, the one sweet. that uh, Ronan the Accuser kills in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, does it kill him? Yeah, he like spins his neck. He breaks his neck around. He uses his hammer to like kill him. But the that's uh, that's powers. that's Wesley from Buffy and Angel. I think is the actor. Yeah, just under lots of makeup. Yeah, it was a uh, Joss Joss Whedon. Uh, I really I really liked uh, the character the other, but it feels weird that you see kind of looking back at that that those villains like the the children of Thanos. You go to even like sanctuary where like nebula's like all like doing her nails or whatever the fuck and the others talking to ronan the accusers like you will not you know talk to thanos or whatever and then thanos is just floating there there's no there's no the black order there's no the black order in the avengers when you know the others talking to thanos and talking to loki and but i do like it's how not even clear the- who who he's saying fine i'll do it myself who, who are you talking to thanos Seems I think like he's talking alone. to the dwarves. What? I think he's talking to like the Neville Dime dwarves or whatever. Or Nevedalier. Is that where he's supposed to be there? Yeah, that's that's what they just made they just finished making that gauntlet in that sequence. 
And that's when he kills all the dwarves other than King Itri. Like, that's when he kills them all immediately after that sequence. So if if that was when he had the gauntlet made, why would Odin have a fake version of a gauntlet he doesn't know about in his treasure room? Well, remember, um, uh, Hela <laughs> goes through the treasure room and she, like, knocks it off. She's like, she's like fake. some of these are just fake. Odin's treasures. Fake. This stuff in here is fake. Weak. She says, by the way, there, I, I looked online when I, when I rewatched that. To, she, she says, all the stuff in here is fake or weak. And they cut to some blue glowing thing that's not the fucking Tesseract. Because then she walks by the Tesseract. Yeah, that's goes, the, that's that's the uh, casket of Ancient Winters from the first Thor movie. Oh, fuck. I, I didn't know what the fuck that was. What the fuck's that? That's the thing that unleashes like winter. The, uh, the frost giants love it. Because they, oh. they, can, they can make anything into essentially like a, into a Jotunheim. Okay. So are you picking Tony as your favorite superhero from the MCU as well? I think so. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm, und, I'm, I'm not 100% decided really, but I think it's either him or Thor because Thor, I always liked Chris Hemsworth as Thor from the minute I saw him in Thor. Really? I know the movies are not highly regarded. No. But I like him as Thor. I liked him the way he was used in the Avengers. I really like the way they used him in Age of Ultron, even though he's not used much. I like what we get of him. Really? Like when he tells, yeah, I love when he tells Bruce Banner that, you know, all the souls are on the fucking, you know, gates of hell. Thor report on the Hulk. The gates of hell are filled with the screams of his victims. <laughs> uh, but not the screams of the dead, of course. No, no, uh, wounded screams, mainly whimpering, a uh, great deal of complaining and tales of sprained deltoids and, and uh, gout. It's like he doesn't realize that's upsetting, you know, Bruce Banner, because he's coming at it from an Asgardian perspective. I guess. I like the way he's interjected into the films obviously i could have used more of him or had a, a a more structured approach to how they wanted to use him in avengers films but i like what chris hemsworth does with the character and i was really really fucking happy to see him soar as thor in ragnarok because it is such a fucking good movie i i, I think we, we rated it four or 4.5 out of five it is absolutely now for me a five out of five boys I love Thor Ragnarok. It's one of their best, and and you you gave Tony or Robert Downey Jr. props for uh, maintaining consistency of character throughout all fucking however many movies he's in. Good like, point. But man, dude, I rewatched Dark World after Thor Ragnarok because I'm like, is it really that bad? He's so charming. He is not in Dark World, and I don't really think he was in Thor. He's a different character. From the first fucking line in Ragnarok was like. Oh, yeah, I know you're thinking, oh, no, Thor's in a cage. How this happened? It's like th the Thor of every single previous movie did not have anywhere near that kind of inflection or like jokiness to him. All the humor related to Thor prior to that is like him being fish out of water or him Absolutely. being in an awkward situation. Yep. Or, 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 and I love or, that humor, by the way. I love fish out of water humor. But then he's making jokes in Ragnarok. Oh, no, he's much more comfortable in Ragnarok. Absolutely. As Different a character. character. And, and, it, and it shows, I mean, it is it is a vastly different film, and that's a good point you bring up about Tony, about across all these directors and, and writers, he's been able to, Robert Downey with, with Tony Stark, he's been able to really find this great character who has this horrible PTSD, who, uh, I mean, that starts even within the 2008 Iron Man film from, you know, being attacked by his, you know, terrorists using his own weapons against him all the way through to where we have him now in Infinity War, where it's just he just keeps the guilt on his shoulders, keeps growing and growing it, but it's consistent. 
you do have Thor, uh, this fish out of water character. You have a similar kind of um, dumb surfer blonde uh, consistency in the way Chris Hemsworth has played Thor all the way across all the films. But you're right. It is interesting that all of a sudden in Ragnarok, they did change the character. They do modify the, the, the direction of that franchise. And, and with this, you know, massive, like, you know, injection of humor from Taika Waititi and like set design, production design, that's so Jack Kirby inspired that like, it does ref like freshen the film up. And like, I am super excited about Thor. I did, I did like the way Chris Hemsworth was before, but I didn't necessarily like clamor for a Thor film. Thor is my favorite part of Infinity War. And He's that's only, maybe one of my favorite parts of Infinity War other than um, Star-Lord and Iron Man. Yeah, and and like prior to Ragnarok, I would never have thought I would even give a shit about Thor, so I can't. Oh, Doctor Strange and Doctor fucking Strange. I love Doctor Strange in Infinity War. He's too, yeah, he's, he's okay. He's not, he's not super interesting. All right, so two reasons why Tony's my favorite, and, and we haven't touched on either of them, except for Rick, I never got, never brought it back around to, you know, Cap's a virgin, but Tony is the character that they make, go out of their way to make it clear, this dude fucks. Oh yeah, he fucks in like the third scene in the uh, in Iron Man two thousand eight, and 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 three opens with him fucking uh, that hot chick whose name I can't remember. Wait, uh, three opens. Oh, Rebecca Hall. Yeah, yes. Rebecca Hall in the opening yes. scene and in nineteen ninety nine. I'm blue. Da 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 da. He fucks Leslie Bibb in there. He's got strippers on his private plane who he's probably fucked. Yep, and they cut out the scene in where he's like in India or Pakistan or something or Saudi Arabia, Dubai, and he's a, and he goes to an orgy, Dubai, Dubai. Yeah, he goes to an orgy he and goes then he like to a party he, with scantily clad women. No, there, it ends apparently like as a as like an orgy or whatever. Like yeah. and like they like cuts away and like comes and like I I forget. There's some kind of reference that there, he's at an orgy or he's going to an orgy or there's an orgy involved. Yeah. Hi. Are they? That's for you. For this my consideration. For this is for you. Good evening. I'm thinking of a number between one and five. Three. Exactly. Shall we? Oh, yeah, boy. And even when he's like separated from Pepper, he's clearly fucking Pepper. But he also, when he's separated from her, he tries to fuck Honey. No, no, it's not clear he's fucking Pepper until sometime after Iron Man 2. During Avengers, they're fucking. Yes. In Avengers, but not in Iron Man 2. They're still like boss and like. You know, and like assistant. Oh, he fucked her already. You think he fucked his assistant? Many times. It's confirmed. So does he fuck her before we ever met them in 2008? They just go out of their way to make it clear he fucks. And that, that means something to me as somebody who enjoy, who would not want to be this fucking uh, and virginal. You know they go out of their way to show that Bruce Banner cannot fuck in The Incredible Hulk. That's too bad. That is Remember, he's trying to fuck Liv Tyler, and he's like, I can't. I can't get my heart rate up at all. And she's like, really? Not even a little bit? And he's like, no. Sorry. I think he's learned to control it by the end of that movie because uh, he, he definitely fucks ScarJo. He's the only one he gets to. Uh, no, he's, that's what he says. He says, I physically can't have babies. That's what he means in Age of Ultron. He's, when he's saying he can't have kids, Scarlett Johansson's like, I can't have kids either. And he's like, yeah, but mine's not a choice. I physically can't do it. Do the math. And then, oh, I and thought the gamma radiation made him sterile. I didn't mean that. I don't think he. Oh no, I think fuck. I think it means that he, he can't have sex with a woman without turning into Hulk. On top of the fact, he literally just can't be a father because he'll probably kill the kids. I don't like, know. The, the, with the with that hey big guy, I, I think she's fucked the Hulk. No, I don't think they fuck. And, and the, the Hulk def, the Hulk fucked alien bitches on Sikar. That's different. 
Okay. Because they can take Hulk dick. Yeah. But a human being cannot take Hulk dong. Yeah, no, that's probably that's It's probably too true. large. It's like a fucking African elephant. But, okay, but the other reason I like Tony, outside of fucking, is he's the character whose abilities have evolved. Like, if you watch the first Iron Man where he's, like, having to figure out just how to get the flight mechanisms to work oh, to yeah. Infinity War, where it doesn't even really make sense because, like, all of his Iron Man suit, which has, like, repulsor cannons and all kinds of shit, is housed in a little triangle on his chest because it's nanoparticles. Uh, you mean like toy evolved? Like he's gotten new suits. He's the only one that can because like Cap's gotten new suits, but they don't do anything necessarily. Exactly. No. Well, he, he, the first one, like the first Iron Man suit, he builds is that practical clunky ass thing, and then yep, he Mark, gradually Mark one. Yeah, the, the, he gets up to Mark five in that movie, right? No, no, no. The first Iron Man gets only to the three marks, and then like the next, the next one's like two or three marks, I, I think. If because yeah, yeah, it's but he's got he's, a suitcase. He, the suitcase he's one's in the my Mark three in the beginning of two. He basically goes. Like the first one's bulky, and he's like Mark fifty something now. Streamlines it into something small. Then the second one introduces the suitcase, where it's like he's now carrying about. He has like a portable version as well as the main yeah. one. And then the then in Avengers, he's got like one that can actually like find him and latch onto him. Which well, is you missed one. You forgot the triangular one that when he finally got the the right type of uh, whatever it was unobtainium in him. It was palladium. No, I think Palladium was poisoning him. God, that, see, that, that never made sense to me. That was a huge mistake in, in Iron Man 2 because it's like the whole plot point is that the Palladium that he keeps in his chest is poisoning him. But in the first movie, he makes it clear he doesn't actually need to have anything in his chest outside of just like a car battery level powered magnet to keep the shrapnel. So why the fuck is he keeping an arc reactor in his chest if it's poisoning him? Just take it out and put yourself a fucking That's regular battery in there. Well, that's kind of what they even like eventually got to with Iron Man 3. Because, I mean, the character of Iron Man developed in the 60s and obviously through the 70s and 80s. You would be like, oh, totally. Like, you can't get that kind of shrapnel out of your heart. You'll just die, bro. But, like, nowadays you look at it and you're like, come on. there's You can't get shrapnel out of a dude's heart. Yeah. With, like, the, the, especially a billionaire yeah. in 2008. So I like how by 2013 they're just like, okay, okay, okay. He, he, this is a joke. He can't have fucking shrapnel in his heart anymore. This has to be removed. And I like how they did that. But then I loved how Infinity War brought it back as a, as a, essentially a jogging gear. He just wears all the time. Like his, like it's his, uh, his billionaire outfit, like Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. But his has like it's an a arc cool reactor outfit. on it. That is good costume design because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a camo hoodie. And it, I, so I guess the hoodie is part of the nanoparticle suit. Yes, it's, it's he, like the, I imagine that's what turns into the helmet, he pulls, right? He, he pulls like on the hoodie things as part like the straps. So like they're connected to the housing unit. So like I guess it's in it's all of his clothes. Oh, I'm uh, sure there's like a million ways he can turn that suit on. Yeah, probably. It might just automatically do it if he's in danger. Because uh, like they, each each movie has an evolution of his tech, whereas it's like all the other characters, it's like. Yeah, Cap gets a new suit, but it doesn't fucking change anything. How does Cap's yep. tech evolve? He gets a fucking magnet so that the fuel can come back to him. Other than that, that's about it. Which which he doesn't really have at all in Civil War. Uh, yeah, it's like how are they going to evolve Hawkeye's tech? He's using arrows in the first place, right? And like Hulk, where there's no there's no way to no evolve tech. His tech. I mean, you could give him a full body suit, I guess, really, but that's about it. Yeah. And Thor, it's just like whatever Asgardian gear he wants to put on for war that day. I mean, yeah, Thor, Thor makes like, yeah, that that one doesn't. You know, people are are right in criticizing that, like the whole movie of 
Ragnarok is him finding out. I didn't need a hammer to begin with. I, uh, uh, the French, the, the real treasure was the friends we made along the way. Like the power was inside of you. And it's like the next one. He's like, I need a better hammer. I'm fighting. Justin said that, didn't he? Bitch about that. Other people have complained about it. Justin probably was. Uh, the first. The very first in the world. The to, very first. <laughs> to note that. It's confirmed. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, I mean, I, I do agree that is that is a that is something that's and Nolan tried to like save it with something along the lines of like, uh, you know, well, you know, like he finally came up against a, a gun too big that he needed also a, a big gun and like I guess that makes sense because it's not that he's going up against Thanos even though Thanos is so strong and powerful, it's that he's going up against the Infinity Gauntlet with all six Infinity gems or stones in there. Why didn't he have the elf make him an Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> Yeah, really. I mean, they obviously had the mold there. I mean, they could have done it then. I mean, I think that's what the next movie is likely going to be about. Is, is is some it has it has to have something to do with the Infinity Gauntlet being remade. That's my guess. Yeah. And yeah. Gonna, there's going to be a football fumble point when the gauntlet's dropped with every gem in it. And and if I recall in the comics, uh, that's when Nebula picks it up and she's all like, "Boom! I got it!" It's going to be Captain like, Marvel. I bet you. I, I bet it's Nebula. I bet they tie it. If, if, that, if there's something like that happens at all, or if there's a chance for another character to like wield the Infinity Gauntlet for a period of time other than Thanos, um, I think it's it's likely to be Nebula. I mean, there's got to be a reason th that they've made her character survive. You know, she's one of the last remaining Guardians other than Rocket. So I really like Thanos. So, I mean, like, he's probably my favorite, honestly, like, of the villains we've had so far. And I really liked Loki in the first Thor. Like, I, I found Loki a compelling character. I mean, he's not a bad guy in Thor. He barely does anything that bad. And, and therefore, like, I don't really see him as the villain. I kind of actually see nobody as the villain in that movie. And it's just one of those movies where it's kind of ends with, like, you know, a, a series of miscommunications and wrong, wrong circumstances and Thor and yeah, the first Thor. Yeah. yeah. And I really like Loki. I like how he ends up becoming the bad be out of like, you know, not necessity just because of just a bunch of shit went down and Thor was not in Asgard. So he doesn't know exactly what happened. And he just thinks Loki took over Asgard while Loki didn't take over Asgard. His father fucking fell into a sleep and he was the only son left. I mean, and and then Loki like actually doesn't like what Thor's doing. If you really look at what Thor's doing, Thor was kind of, you know, he was going to bring a war to Jotunheim and and to Asgard with bringing Jotunheim there. So I mean like Thor was like warmongering from the get-go before he was even king and that was his like ceremony to become king like that we see at the beginning of Thor. And so Loki in a way does stop like this crazy fucking war that would have killed thousands of Asgardians and thousands of like, you know, frost giants. And it's kind of crazy. Like I really loved the character of Loki, but Thanos came out of nowhere in infinity war. Josh Brolin just brought it and he just blew Loki out of the water. And I even liked Eric Killmonger, but I, I think Thanos is the best. I don't really see the, the many contenders. Well, I mean, who do you have? I mean, really like, right. It's like those two. Yeah. It's those two and and Eric Killmonger. I don't give a shit Panther. about Killmonger. I think that you don't like you don't like Yellow Jacket from uh, Ant Man. No. Oh yes, played by I know that actor's name Corey Stoll from uh, House of Cards. Yeah, Corey Stoll. Yeah, super memorable. He is. I mean, you actually did remember that. <laughs> I don't remember his character. Well, yeah, Yellow Jacket. I guess I don't remember. Malekith is also super lame, of course. Uh, uh, Mickey Rourke's terrible. As to be fair, I remember Whiplash. Mickey Rourke though. 
I liked actually Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane. He's a good first villain of the whole MCU. Yeah, he's a good he's a good generic comic book movie villain. And he's a real villain. Like he just out of nowhere just turns the page and he's just like bad guy. Yeah. That's a pretty crazy like um Chitari, I guess you have Ronan the Accuser, you have Ego. Chitari aren't even characters. There's a bunch of fucking faceless <laughs> they're, the, they're the villains of uh, the Avengers film, if you don't count Loki. Yeah, that Joss Whedon just forgets aren't fucking robots. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, they all, he, he all when they get Joss disconnected Whedon from wrote, the mothership, they're all deactivated. I thought they <laughs> he, were, like, living beings. Joss Whedon started writing, like, his, he was watching, like, episode one, The yeah. Phantom Menace that day, and it, like, as he's watching that in the background, it, like, seeped into his script. The control ship has been destroyed. Look! Hey, I'm Rocky. Son of a guy. <laughs> Who else is in there? I guess it's Ultron. Ultron was good, but I don't know if he's like a great villain, honestly. James Spader is, is, is good, but uh, the, the character is a stopgap solution. Guy Pierce? I wish uh, a waste of Guy Pierce. I really wanted Huge Guy race. Pierce to be Batman for a long time. I want Guy Pierce to be the Riddler. Yeah, he could do that too. He could make That'd that work. Cool. I mean, he'd be that's a only because Riddler. of Zodiac, not Zodiac. That's only because of Memento, though. Really, yeah. It's just like it, I feel like the Memento is almost already kind of like halfway to a, a Riddler movie. Um, who else? What other villains are there? We've got uh, <laughs> Memento is about a bad guy. He's the bad guy of his own story, and and has a mental disability where he doesn't remember that he's the villain of his own story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's Christopher Nolan having against mental disability people? He's got an issue. I mean, like the entire Batman thing, basically there mental health stigma like all over that fucking uh, Batman Begins, especially. It's like, who would believe a guy? Was he saying that in the hotel? Bruce, help me out here. Huh? Well, guy dresses up like a bat clearly has issues mental issues <laughs> dog it was a big dog it was a big dog it was a dog huh it was a big dog no 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 i want to fucking kick your fucking ass you know shut up for a second all right who do you count as the villain of ragnarok i guess it's hella and it's kind of also grandmaster yeah yeah towards the end they got a little bit better keaton's okay too because he brings, great. he brings yes, something to vulture. that character. He brings, oh, yes. brings relatability to him. Who's going to play Beta Ray Bill? It's going to be a voice voiceover role. Channing Tatum. That's bad casting. I don't think so. No. Frank Welker. No, they don't do that shit. They don't get Frank voiceover Oz. guys. They get, they get fucking, they get big names for their voiceover roles. Mark Hamill. Because it's like, yeah, we can... We can have Sean Gunn on set every day, but we only have to pay Bradley Cooper for one fucking day, and everyone thinks of him as Rocket. I know, and Sean Gunn's like walking around it, like crouched over all the time. Oh yeah, he, his back apparently was really hurting after the first movie because he spent yeah. all the entire movie crouched down. Yeah, he's like eight feet tall, and he like crouches down to three feet for the character of Rocket. Yeah, uh, so like, yeah, that that's. And, and fucking, by the way, I didn't realize this. I, I guess I did, but Vin Diesel is credited, at, still credited as Groot in Volume Two and Infinity War. And it's like, are they just pitch shifting his voice? Why are they even yeah, fucking? Yeah, why are yeah, they they're pitch shifting that. Yeah, they're just pitch shifting him. And I think that someone walks around on set too as as Groot because it's not Vin Diesel. No, I would. So there's like the way you do like Thanos. So Josh Brolin was sometimes like in a, in a volume. But sometimes he was on a set and they had like, you know, a big rod on his head that goes up and there's like a little photo of Thanos so everybody can look at the eyeliner of Thanos. Like, okay, there's Thanos' eyes. 
while, while, while Brolin is on set walking around in his little mocap suit. So what I would love, though, is Sean Gunn just to walk around on set just like that, you know, standing tall when he's Rocket and has like a little like, you know, Rocket logo right where his dick is to be like, you know, like this is where Rocket's eyeline is. And so everyone has to like look down right towards his crotch area every single time they want to like converse with Rocket, quote unquote. Well, James that, Gunn kept Just let him walk that. around. Don't let him crouch around in a mocap suit. Just let him walk around in a mocap suit like Rocket does. I think he's I, I don't know. I think I think crotch. Crouching down is a big part of it. And fucking Andy Circus, by the way, like his whole career has been spent like this, you know? Oh, like, for sure. Crouching over, pretending to be things. That you, he's I not. imagine I imagine Andy Circus does so much yoga. Uh, probably. Because I mean, fucking eight hours in that golem position or in the Kong position, like your fucking back hurts. I didn't think about this, but like the Marvel is kind of the whole MCU is almost a rejection of the Andy Circus way of acting. Cause like the whole thing is like, he's on set, he's doing the mocap with oh, the other actors sure. and it's his voice. He's you know, precious. He's, he's, he's doing Gollum. He's doing the grunts for fucking the apes. He plays. He's Snoke. But with Marvel, they're like, yeah, no, we're just going to hire a cheap actor like Sean Gunn or whoever played yep. Groot and then have the big voice be portrayed by a big actor who spends a day in the studio and we gave like Bradley Cooper is Rocket Raccoon big on the marquee and it's like that's a rejection of the Andy Circus like where one actor portrays the CGI character and like when they fucking finally f hire Andy Circus we're just going to have you play an actor <laughs> like a, a character it goes further than that because a if they hired Andy Circus they can't I'm sure Andy Serkis has in his claws that you have to almost animate every single facial tick exactly the way he does it. I'm sure there's something in his contract because 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 there is leeway with animators. So for instance, yeah, yeah. Thor Ragnarok, the sequence in which Thor and um, Korg are walking around the um, the uh, I don't know what you would call it, their little bunker. Yeah, you know their barrack where they sleep in the and and Thor's like sprinting around. Well, they they showed how they did that scene. And the way Taika Waititi, who's in a mocap suit, is playing Korg, he's playing Korg with a lot of hand motions, and he's kind of walking a little fast, and and his hands are moving a little bit. But then you see like the side by side with the animation of Korg, yeah. And Korg's not barely moving at all. He's very slow in his motions. Yeah, Even his walk pace is is different, and so. It is not a one-to-one -one ratio of performance capture to digital performance. Sure. And and Andy Serkis is all about one-to-one. -one. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he is because he he he's very into the, the 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 getting it down precise. That is his own danger. So Marvel would do an injustice to the whole you know motion Maybe. capture the world, and they do because they they do it real fast. They do fast fast CGI. They shoot in bright lighting. And daylights, lots of daylight shoots because they want to, or they or they mm -hmm. overlight the scene because it is easy to do CGI that way. Yeah, and you can just do fast CGI. Overlight, so you can decide the lighting in post. That's the Robert Rodriguez actually kind of invented that. Um, so credit where credits do. Yeah, uh, what, what was the, uh, the movies that he did that? Spy Kids was where he came up with the idea that if you just overlight, he realized he can darken a side of of an actor's face in post. All I know is I saw Spy Kids 3D in theaters. So did I. It's terrible. It is terrible, and Stallone is horrible in it. Yeah. Talking about bad villains, Stallone is a bad villain in that movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I, 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 other than that, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's just Thanos. I, I think he might be one of the the best villains we've ever had in the in the uh, MCU. Yeah, well, who can forget Tim Roth as the Tim abomination? Roth. Or William, or William Hurt's, uh, you know, Thunderbolt Ross. Is he even the villain? Is he even play? He is the same character in Civil War, but it's like yes, and in Infinity War, same character, absolutely all the way through, same person. I liked Robert Redford. Uh, as Alexander Pierce in the Winter Soldier. I guess. I liked how it was just like, here's a character. He's barely a comic book character. We don't give a fuck about his comic book character other than he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. So here's a movie where you just can't see it all coming. And I guess you had Crossbones as a villain. But I, I liked I liked the way Robert Redford kind of played his Robert Redford spy gamey self in, the, in Winter Soldier. Mm, I mean, he's not better than Thanos, though, for me. I'm just 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 want to double check to make sure. Oh, we forgot about Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, I didn't really like uh, Ronan the Accuser very much um, <laughs> as a character. And uh, oh, uh, fucking what's his face? Baron Zemo. <laughs> yeah. Helmut Zemo, Batroc the Leaper, GSP, George Saint Pierre. George Saint Pierre. What about him? He played uh, Batroc the Leaper in Winter Soldier. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, and that's Crossbones. It, that's, that's, that, that, that could be the, yeah. Frank Grillo, Crossbones, yeah. That's a good villain for sure. Thanos is, is also one of the few characters to be played by two people. Uh, Damien Poitier and also uh, Josh <laughs> Brolin. And, you know, that's not very common that you have two characters uh, or two actors playing the same character. But, yeah, I, do, I, love, I love Thanos. But, yeah, it was War Machine is definitely one of them. Played by uh, Don Cheadle and Terrence Howard. And then you had uh, Edward Norton and uh, Mark Ruffalo playing the Hulk. Um, and then, of course, the kid that played Peter Parker in Iron Man 2 and uh, was not obviously Tom Holland, who played Peter Parker in Civil War and uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Avengers Infinity War. Well, there's two Howard Starks, too, but that's not a recasting. That's just different ages. That's just different ages. Yeah, you had uh, Dominic Cooper's young uh, Howard, and then you have um, John Slattery as old Howard. Yeah, I'm looking it up. There's there's one fucking more because the oh, dark, there is yeah the in Thor the Dark World. Oh yeah, Fandral is played yeah. by Zachary Levi in the second one, and he was played by somebody else in the first one. Yeah, and they kill off Zachary Levi real fast because now he's Shazam. Is it actually Zachary Levi getting killed in Ragnarok? Yes, it is. It, apparently, he said for Asgard, but they even cut that out. Yeah, well, they, they they really trimmed those characters down. Like, Seth's not available, and you don't care about the other three, so yeah, really, they're dead. <laughs> I yeah. like well, that, that's funny. Yeah, like like for like for like you know, kind of like supporting player characters. Like, I don't care at all about the the Warriors three or anything from like Thor's world. Like, I think the only like people that have good wards is Tony's. I love. I literally love that they retconned Iron Man two. As Peter Parker is that little boy that's about to get blasted away at the convention. I don't know. And that then, that's real. And then he puts his hand up and then like Tony Stark is like shows up behind him and goes, Psh! he goes, way to go, kid. And he flies off. That's Peter Parker. Kevin Feige has said that. Nice work, kid. That is Peter Parker. And that's totally retcon now that they, only because they have Peter Parker in, in this world. Um, if you're counting like supporting characters, who would be your favorite? Because I guess maybe I would go with Bucky, like okay. if not Spider-Man, because Spider-Man doesn't really count because 
He's also his own main character. Bucky, Bucky's complicated because the, the Bucky dynamic is that Bucky was like this badass who could handle himself in a fight and the military would love to have. And his like scrawny, weakling, pathetic friend, Steve, was always getting rejected and shit. And, and then like it gets reversed and now his friend is like this badass who's super strong and he's the, the weak one. And then he get, loses an arm and then he becomes an assassin. So a he, cool assassin too. Let's just, let's just go down the list of all the white <laughs> superheroes who have best friends slash kind of sidekick assistants who are people of color. We okay. start, we start with Iron Man and let's pick the, our favorite in the end. It's bigger favorite. <gasps> So we start with the first one, Iron Man. Iron Man, Iron Man of course, has a, be- has a black best friend. Uh, he even, in, in Civil War, he even says, give me back my Rhodey. Like he fucking no, he- owns him. <laughs> he sees Rhodey as his property. Give me back my Rhodey. Let's move forward. Credible Hulk, no black friends or, 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 or ethnic, ethnic assistance of any kind. Unless I'm mistaken. Jessica Jones has one, right? does she does but we're sticking to this the movies and also white men who who are of course the slave owners of the day thor has four assistants slash sidekicks one's a girl two are white guys and one's an asian guy yes absolutely so he only gets one poc What's his name? I don't even fucking know. He, he's the he's the only one who gets like you know lines in Ragnarok and Wait, gets killed by Hela, right? Hogun, like Shogun. Hogun. Oh shit, that's not racist. <laughs> All right, Cap in the first Avenger, no black friends. Wouldn't have worked for the time. No, he does. He has Derek Luke as his uh, as his friend uh, from the uh, Howling Commandos. Oh yeah. Oh, there's an Asian guy in there too, but he's from Pasadena or some shit. Yes, and he and his son or his uh, grandchild is uh, the principal at Spider-Man School. Um, Avengers flips the script because they have all the heroes have a black guy in charge of them, but he's not really. He's more just like the nanny. Oh, he is kind of yeah, the Muppet like, baby a, nanny a, a, trying to keep them together. A, a caretaker. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man 3 really strengthens the relationship between Tony Stark and his black best friend. Yes. Uh, let's just skip Dark World, because fuck it. Uh, Hogun and, again. And move on to Winter Soldier, where, where now Cap gets a black best friend who's his assistant sidekick, <laughs> who's always got his back. Because Civil War is basically two white men who have a problem in their, like, black best friend who have to like, get, like, roped into the, into the conflict that they have no stake in. The people that shoot at you usually wind up shooting at me. But even Age of Ultron, he's like, he's like, you know, Cap's like, sorry that you had to like, you know, hang out here. And he's like, yeah, don't worry. I don't mind always following up with our missing persons case while you go do all the fun stuff. Sounds like a hell of a fight. Sorry, I'm missing. If I had known it was going to be a firefight, I absolutely would have called. No, no, I'm not actually sorry. I'm just trying to sound tough. Very happy chasing cold leads on our missing persons case. Avenging is your world. Your world is crazy. It's like this passive aggression. I, I don't know. Maybe Falcon's my favorite. So far of, of the of the black sidekicks or yeah. people of color sidekicks? I think so. Uh, I, maybe. We, we, there's, there's a lot more to come. Uh, I just feel like he got screwed over in Infinity Guardians War. doesn't really have it because, I mean, Gamora is technically green and she's not. Oh, really uh, that's true. I know they all are. That's people of color for sure. Gamora, Drax, Nebula. They're, they all 
they all have to answer to to, to Star Lord. Nah, they're all pretty equals. Nobody's really nobody's really a sidekick. Like, oh like, no, Star Lord's definitely the leader. I mean, it's sure. it's straight up said. Like, like Falcon straight up says, yeah. Like when people start shooting, whenever you are in a conflict, I guess I'm also in that conflict because I do what you say. And of course, uh, Brody is like contractually owned by Tony. So why do you want to get in the Mandingo business? Ah. Well, they all go fight for 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 essentially Peter Quill to go kill his dad. Eh, they're trying to save the universe too, though, of the galaxy. I'm gonna say Maybe. no POC uh, sidekicks in, in Guardians and, and Avengers. There's you just see the return of, of Rhodey and, and Falcon being told, like, wait in the back of the bus till the end of the movie and then you get to the Avengers. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. That's what right. happens. The, it does. The, well, the, Rhodey gets to do something at the end of Age of Ultron. I, I kind of think it's a missed out moment that Falcon doesn't do anything at the end of Age of Ultron. Okay, what? The most important character of color in that movie is red because he's vision. Red and green. I guess his skin is green. Is red. I guess it's yeah. all. I guess it's all his skin. I mean. <laughs> yeah, really. Even the cape yeah, is synthetic skin. skin. It's vibranium synthetic vibranium skin. All right. Uh, Ant Man has a team of. Oh yeah, Ti. Yeah, Dalshmane guy or whatever his name is, yeah. and then uh, Michael Pena. A white guy and his assistants who are not white. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Civil War. Yeah, I'm still with. I'm still. I'm still going with uh, with uh, Sam Sam Wilson. Okay. Civil War doesn't introduce any new one. Oh no, yes. It, well, Black Panther's nobody's assistant. He's, he's his own guy. The the the, the black friends are just. Uh, I mean, overtly roped into a conflict between two white men. Oh, but he's got a whole bunch of underlings. Oh, but he's not a white guy. Oh, that's that's right. It has yeah, to be a white guy. White guy. Yeah, it's okay. Gotcha. It's okay that all of, all of Black Panther's uh, slaves are black women, mostly. <laughs> he calls them slaves. That's that's. I, I know I did. Uh, well, there 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 is bodyguards who have to like die to protect him. Yeah, but I don't know if that's slave. I mean, I mean I got, the maybe they signed up today. for it. Sure. You sure. wouldn't call the Secret Service slaves. You called them heroes. Uh, well, moving on. Uh, Doc <laughs> Doctor Strange. Now, they had to fucking change the character to make this work in 2017. And they changed it to make it make make Baron Mordo a black guy. Uh, no, well, I'm talking about Wong. 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 Just one being uh, Doctor Strange's fucking butler, and he's like a manservant. I think he's like actually called yeah. his manservant. And yeah. he's just like, oh yes, Mister Doctor Strange, I help you. And he has like he's written in the early comics as having like a, a, a horrible racist stereotype uh, accent to him. Yeah, because by the time in the nineties uh, when I started like reading any of that stuff, um, they changed that shit by then. Yeah, because like he, he's in uh, Wong's a big part of the Infinity War, but he's still more of a butler. He's not an equal. I mean, there's the he's. He, I mean, at least when I read, he was definitely not an equal. He was like a butler character. He was Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, it's it's because as we have seen with various incarnations of uh, Alfred, he's almost owned by Batman in some, some ways. But he's yeah. always white, so it's you never really, you never really, never that creepy. But when it's an Asian guy who like doesn't speak English and like, the Doctor Strange just buy Wong in the comics off a boat, and it's like, because Wong doesn't have any supernatural. He doesn't, he doesn't do any of that sorcery shit. He doesn't have any of those powers. They tried to make him equal, and, and also make him a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. 
a wizard. And I haven't been a wizard before. Doctor Strange even is. So like they they they, they, they tried to like make that one okay, but we yeah. all know where it really came from. Who's next on the list then? I guess it would be would it be Spider-Man: Homecoming? Let's not skip Guardians because in Guardians they get an Asian pet. She's basically oh, a Jesus. pet. She's not a pet. She she she's written. She's a pet she's to like, ego. She's a pet to ego, but not a, to she's them. She's a pet to ego, but they just kind of adopt her because she's like a puppy. She's like you're right. She just kind of wanders in. She does not have like human intelligence. She's definitely stupider than like all. These I think characters. she has human intelligence. I think she's just like absolutely been abused. Like I think she's suffering from a massive abuse. I got a penis. Ha! Thank you. Like they show, like like you could see her mom in um in the uh, mosaic of women that ego fucks when he does like all those sculptures, like those living sculptures. He fucks a woman just like her who is supposed to be her mom. So she's like, James Gunn's, So yeah, she's, James Gunn's confirmed this. So he's a, so when when they talk about how he kills off all his offspring, she other than Peter is the only one he never killed off. Wouldn't that make her his half sister? He never. They never mentioned that. No, they never mentioned. But that is like James Gunn has confirmed that. Like absolutely, that is that is Peter Quill's half sister. It's confirmed. And I guess she's not technically Asian because she's an alien. But like, I, I always saw that as, as Mantis. The, the, Mantis in the comics was drawn as a green Asian person. Okay, really? That's interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's the way I took it. She I, was I just green. see that as like the end. That the, the the Guardians adopt a, an Asian pet girl. Spider-Man: Homecoming, of course, gives us. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the the it's a it's as diverse a movie as a fucking United Benetton ad from the '90s. Everybody's a different. race. Or my high school growing up. Everybody is a different race, but the focus of the movie is still on a white man, uh, who's <laughs> Peter Parker. Just like my high school growing who up. Who someday will get uh, a little a little little Spider-Man who's who's black and like half Mexican or something. Uh, no, a Puerto Rican, Miles Morales. Puerto, Re uh, Miles Morales, Puerto yeah. Rican. But Miles Morales is not in this movie because he's probably still a baby. He's mentioned. Not by name, but as, yes, his... his as a nephew. Yeah, as a nephew is mentioned. But he does get a straight-up assistant who even refers to himself as, I will be your guy in a chair. Like yeah, Chloe, basically. Yeah, it's like basically saying, you're the one who does the heroic shit, and I run tech support where I Google shit for you. Uh, so basically, a, a, a What's secretary. What's that character's name? Ned Leeds. Ned Leeds. Who is Asian-ish. Jacob Batalon. Uh... And yeah, he is uh, he's weird looking. He's a uh, Hawaiian, so he's Pacific Islander. So yeah, he is uh, a person of color who is owned by Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming. Guy in the chair. Well, we're down to our last one because Thor finds himself a lady of color, a W.O.C., who's kind of a lady <laughs> Thor. And that character's oh, name yeah. is... Valkyrie. Valkyrie. I called you a Valkyrie. You know, I used to want to be a Valkyrie when I was younger, until I found out that you were all women. There's nothing wrong with women, of course. I love women. Sometimes a little too much. Not in a creepy way, just more of a respectful appreciation. I think it's great that there is a, an elite force of women warriors. It's about time. Wait, her name is Valkyrie? I thought she was a Valkyrie. I think that she's only known as Valkyrie in the film, yeah. She, I, I think it's 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 kind of like what I read in the end after we've done the Thor spoiler cast. We didn't merely mention it in that it's that Valkyrie apparently was a, a lesbian. The character Tessa Thompson played, and the character of Valkyrie from the comic books, who's blonde and buxom, is the character we see die in front of 
Tessa, and they apparently were lovers. So we got a QWOC. I guess, yeah. uh, Which is a queer woman of color. Uh, I figured. Although there is a little bit of sexual chemistry between them, where they like both get on the ship and they almost kiss. Yeah, I think it's almost like um, either either the idea is that nobody can resist Thor Odinson, or um, that that she's yeah she's just like maybe Pan. It, I had not realized that she was, yeah, the, the, the team was called Valkyries, and yet she her character was named Valkyrie. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out, like, a name at some point. Yeah. But her character is... She might just be the next Thor, realistically. If Thor dies in Avengers 4, I would still, as long as we can keep it within, like, the same realm as Ragnarok and within the same creative team as Ragnarok, I would be totally down with a film where we follow Korg, Meek, and uh, Valkyrie on their own adventure with the remaining Asgardians. I think that would be awful. But we, we skipping back, we fucked up because we forgot Thor. Thor, Thor's best friend and assistant for always turning that sword to uh, to help him out and, and retroactively referred to as his best friend in an Infinity War. He said because he just Rocket like you have a best friend. He's like he was stabbed by Thanos like five minutes ago. It's like I, I think he was talking about like uh, I have a lot of best friends like Thor does. So I think he just has a lot of best friends. He has a lot of best friends and most of them have been stabbed through the, the heart. Uh, but I thought he was yeah. referring specifically to Heimdall. Uh, and and uh, so yeah, Heimdall kind of is like his first black assistant. We forgot about Heimdall. Heimdall was an idiot. This job should have made him rich. Well, Heimdall's more like Odin's assistant. He seems pretty loyal to Thor. Thor. Well, I guess uh, by the end of Thor Ragnarok, Thor is technically king of Asgard, so he would then be immediately Thor's assistant. So by Infinity War, when he dies, he dies for his uh, master. Not a a very long (laughs) working relationship there. Yeah, Thor, 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 Thor's black friends are mostly kind of doing their own thing. It's not, it's not, it's not as bad as, because Falcon's just straight up like, I guess I'm doing whatever Captain America tells me to do today. I guess I'm an Avenger now. <laughs> I guess I get to fight. I, I guess I get to guard the Avenger station from Ant-Man. Yeah, from Ant-Man coming in and stealing, you know, some tech, some whatever particular tech they needed for their heist. Yeah. And like, Rhodey's supposed to be like pretty high up with the fucking Air Force. But yes. like all, all the colonel. When it, when, yeah, whenever, whenever fucking his rich white friend calls him, it's like, well, I gotta drop what I'm doing and go help him. They'll try to leave the city. We can't let him. Not even one. Rody. On it. Oh no, I didn't say you could leave. War machine coming at you. What? What do they get for following their white friends? Uh, Rody gets paralyzed. Feel my legs. Falcon <laughs> becomes a fugitive. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, he becomes a wanted man. Wong and Wong gets left on his own to be, what, the last sorcerer on <laughs> all of Earth to take care of all the sanctums? Wong, what do you want, Strange? Books on astral projection. You're not ready for that. Try me, Beyonce. I'm going with Mantis. I think that's my. I think that's my favorite. Who's yours? Rhodey. Just because. What better fucking example of? No, 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 no. You're, you're not, you're not up here. You're down here. Is there? 
than saying, yeah, we're just going to replace you with another black guy. <laughs> the committee would now like to invite Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes to the chamber. Rhodey? What? Hey, buddy. You expect to see you here? Look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. We can get Don Cheadle for less than you want, Terrence Howard. <laughs> Do you think you're better than Don Cheadle? You're Don Cheadle now. This confirmed. You got Cheadle now. <laughs> you just got Cheadle. <laughs> That's what Cheadle says when he like walks past Terrence Howard in the hallways. You just got Cheadle. Yeah. You should get lost. I was here first. Get a roof. <laughs> Damn. Next time, baby. Well, we better stop talking about all these marvelous Marvel moments and moments movies because something, something <laughs> Marvel, something butt sex, something in my mouth, something in my ass, land, something, something. I'll see you later, alligator. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? That is called a joke. <laughs> cool boy, Nation. Tell us what you think about this episode's fabulous Marvel boner moments and movies. Also, if you have any questions or any more insights on our fabulous boners, then let us know by emailing us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Tuesday. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and please rate and review us as well. You can also donate to us on Patreon and receive additional content like Cool Boys After Dark and commentaries. It only costs a buck, uh, and you will receive and you will receive special access to content too hot to air. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/CoolBoysPodcast. Please check out other great Cool Boy Central content with Batman and Beyond. A Cool Boys podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon, where the Cool Boys have its own censored discussion about Batman the Animated Series. Everything ranging from bat tips to bat nipples and all the boners they have given us. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Bizies for Fantastic Felch. Felch. And that's Bizies from Blade Shaven Ballard. Neither of which are from the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened? It seems like somebody came in here and changed our uh, names from the beginning of the episode. Uh oh. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh yeah. So cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this episode of the Cool Boys podcast was brought to you by. <laughs> I do like. The fact that that Sam, Sam Wilson, uh, uh, Anthony Mackie was like Captain America runs faster than him, and he's like, "I'll do whatever you say now." <laughs> you want me to use my fucking wings? Captain America is like the is like a huge celebrity at that point. That would be like coming across a celebrity who wants to be your friend. That'd be like coming across Tom Cruise, and he wants to be your friend. I guess.
Tom Cruise has had a black friend in a lot of movies, too. <laughs> Name your favorite. I, I guess Jerry Maguire. That whole movie is about him getting a black friend. Show me the money. Who teaches him lessons that, let's face facts, seem a little weird that they had to come from a black guy. It's like, hey, I'm a white guy. I don't know nothing about single motherhood, but I'm dating a single motherhood. Hey, random black guy, do you know anything about da- about <laughs> single single mothers? Yeah, man, I was raised by a single mother. <laughs> like, gee. Is that how it went down in the movie? Yes. What do you know about dating a single mother? No, plenty. I was raised by a single mother. 90s, man. The 90s were a different time. Get some cool boys. (laughs) (laughs) So serious. Bye.